0: Hello, out there. Thank you for joining us here on Soundwaves, the official podcast of the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust. We're back after a short break, and we're grateful to be joined by Ellie to talk about infertility. Ellie was diagnosed with alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma and told only 20% of people in her condition survive more than five years after their diagnosis. That was over five years ago. Now in remission, and in good spirits, she's talked openly about her experience with cancer through her social media, in writing, and on other podcasts. You can keep up with everything that's going on with her on Instagram, where her handle is Team Ellie underscore blog. Today she tells us about her experiences with infertility and living with the menopause as a teenager. What she has to say is incredibly insightful, and we are so thankful she shared this part of her life with us. Hello, Ellie. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for talking with us today. You're someone who is very open about your experience with cancer and what the effects of it have been, including infertility, which is what we're talking about today. I think a good place to start is probably the very beginning. Could you tell us a bit about your diagnosis?
1: So when I was 14 years old, I discovered a lump in my left butt cheek. And of course, due to where it was, I didn't tell anyone about it. And over the kind of six months, uh, it just grew bigger and bigger. It went from like a little like pea-sized lump to like this massive lump that took up my whole butt cheek pretty much um and then the myriad of other symptoms such as um constipation trouble urinating uh fatigue weight loss all of that sort of stuff but i thought you know i can deal with this by myself and my naive self thought it would just vanish and go away but of course it didn't so um i got diagnosed with stage four alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma uh, which required 18 months of cancer treatment uh, including chemotherapy and radiotherapy.
0: And then we're talking about infertility, but when it comes to that part of what happened there, was that to do with the cancer or was that to do with the treatment?
1: No, it was it was all to do with the treatment because it was kind of like a double-edge double double-edged effect. It was uh, the chemotherapy stopped my ovaries from functioning, but then also the radiotherapy scarred up my uterus so much that I wouldn't be able to carry a child either. So um, not only am I infertile in the sense I don't have any eggs, but I also wouldn't be able to carry a child either. So IVF wouldn't be an option.
0: And when was it you first learned that your treatment would have that effect?
1: Um, That was in my initial radiotherapy consultation, which was about three months after I was diagnosed. My parents did find out when I was initially diagnosed, but because I was dealing with a lot at that time, they uh, refrained from uh, telling me about it. Um, But I've got no hard feelings about that. It doesn't really change anything. Um, And I suppose at the time when I did find out in that radiotherapy consultation, in a weird way, I didn't really care because um, I was in survival mode and because I only had 20% chance of surviving this particular cancer, um, uh, the future was fairly bleak anyway, so I didn't really think about the future. I thought I'll just tackle the obstacle of combating cancer first and then I'll deal with the repercussions afterwards.
0: And you're going through all those different things at one time, you've got the cancer, you've got the infertility. What was your reaction to the infertility as it sort of progressed as you're starting to come out the other side of the cancer? And you sort of talked about it being like one one thing at a time uh when it came time to think about that in particular what was your reaction then
1: well yeah i didn't start thinking about the infertility again until treatment finished and i phrased this question to my doctor i said on a scale of one to ten ten being very fertile and one being not very fertile where would you say i am and she said zero so that (laughs) that answered the question for me um and again i guess I just kept quite a positive attitude towards it. And I guess because my treatment was 18 months long, I had that time to just come to accept it. Um, And I was just so grateful that I survived the cancer that I wasn't, totally bothered and I guess the silver lining for me is that now I really want to adopt in the future and that's something you know if I was a normal fertile being I probably (laughs) wouldn't have even considered so um, I try and look at the positives of many situations because I think with all the terrible stuff that you're um, handed with after treatment you can't just wallow in your self pity you've just got to accept
0: it and move on so that's what I've decided to do. And when did that piece come where you think, "Oh, you know adoption is something that I'm very happy with that is that is how I will have a family? Is that something you were like looking into, or was it something you're just thinking oh there's there's still ways forward here?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was something I was actively looking into as such, but then obviously, when the doctors explained to me that I would not be able to carry a child, and then I also can't have my own eggs, so I'd have to have an egg donor plus a surrogate, I just thought what a complex process just to have a child Um, so I'd rather you know there's already children in this world who don't have a home so I may as well you know take this opportunity
0: and um, adopt a child instead. And in my naivety when I hear infertility my first instinct is to think of pregnancy but all of this also means that you're going through the menopause. What has your relationship with that been like? How has that affected your recovery?
1: Oh gosh yeah the menopause it is a devil. (laughs) Um, It was worse than the infertility for me like I thought menopause just meant no periods that's literally my understanding of it my doctors didn't really elaborate on it so I just thought it was would be a walk in the park compared to cancer Um, but it was really difficult because um, I'd get hot flashes, Um, I have difficulty concentrating, Um, I felt like I was 18 going on 80 because I was just so tired all of the time and you just you know mentally it's hard because it you feel so different to your peers who are talking about um, boyfriends and periods, but you can't really talk about either of those things. Um, so, so that was hard and it ultimately hindered my recovery because uh, the menopause, um, it caused me to have like a really dry mouth, which I didn't think was the menopause. I thought that was a chemo side effect, And that meant that I couldn't gain weight because any food I ate, I'd have to drink like a gallon of water with it. My doctors thought I had some sort of weird OCD about drinking water. But it turns out that was because of an oestrogen deficiency that that was the problem. And now I've gained quite a bit of weight. So it, it was hard. But now that I'm on the right hormone replacement therapy, um, I feel a lot better.
0: <laughs> you kind of touched on it there. But one of the things we talk about, at uh, the trust is the isolation, not just of the cancer itself, but the recovery from it as well, because you've missed out on things. You're relearning what your body is capable of there are so many parts to it. Is that something that's true of the menopause as well, where you're able to read up on it or have the appropriate prescriptions that help or find a community around it?
1: Yeah, I found it very lonely because I felt like the only teenager in the world going through the menopause. And it's not its not a super common kind of side effect of cancer treatment. Um, so not a lot of people talk about it. And the way my doctors talked about it, they almost you know made me feel like it was a walk in the park. Um, which I guess it was compared to cancer, but it still wasn't easy. I guess because there isn't much awareness out there about it, I didn't know where to turn to for advice. I felt also, I guess a difficulty for cancer patients is that the uh, the side effects or symptoms of the menopause is very uh, unanimous with the side effects of chemo treatment. So um, feeling tired, achy joints, all that sort of thing. So you don't actually think it's due to the menopause. You think it's due to the cancer treatment. So when I was about three years in remission, and I still had these horrendous symptoms. I thought, you know, what's going on? There must be something going on because all my other friends are, you know, living their best lives now and got all this energy. But I was still, you know, had the tight restraints of cancer around me, but it turned out it was a menopause. Um, But from doing my own research, I did find the community out there. There's not many people I found with cancer who've gone through the menopause but there are um, other young women out there who've been diagnosed with the menopause naturally as a teenager so I've connected with them and that's made me feel a lot better because then you don't feel as lonely but it's one of those things that people tend to suffer in silence with um, so that's why I want to spread more awareness about it so that they don't feel that they have to um, keep it quiet and that they have to suffer in silence.
0: I was going to say there's a few people in my life who have endometriosis who are young and are just getting to the point where they're able to be diagnosed takes such a long time it's kind of yeah. unreal is it the case that the menopause in younger people just isn't understood enough or that there's a lack of research in the area or in, in your case perhaps it is different because the chemotherapy has also sort of got overlapping symptoms in the case or
1: I think I think it's a mixture of both I think there's not much awareness about it and I think Doctors are so used to treating like 50 year olds with the menopause that they treat teenagers the same. So that means that teenagers with the menopause tend to get a very low dose of HRT, uh, which is hormone replacement therapy, uh, when they should be on a lot higher dose, uh, because of course, naturally teenagers produce a lot more estrogen than a 50 year old woman. So there's that lack of awareness there. And I guess some of the troublesome symptoms that you have with the menopause, especially the sort of vaginal issues that you can get people aren't always especially teenagers uncomfortable talking about it so therefore they do suffer in silence um, and that, that's really hard for them to cope with.
0: When it comes to you know doctors not quite knowing how much to prescribe someone with to get to the right balance that a teenager needs what kind of things can be done to change that are you seeing that there's movements happening where people are saying this is something that needs broader awareness?
1: Yeah, there's a a bit more awareness now um, because there's this menopause charity that's been set up by a a lovely lady called Dr. Newson, who's spreading more awareness about uh, menopause in young people, and I'm actually working with her to create a booklet called uh, "The Young Woman's uh, Menopause Guide" for those who have survived cancer. Um, which will be really useful because it will give an indicator to the doctors on what to prescribe, what quantity to prescribe. Because honestly, my oncologists, they they can't know everything, so I can't blame them. Um, but really, they should have referred me to a menopause specialist who is you know knows the area very well whereas the average GP or oncologist doesn't know the area very well so we need a specialist to uh, evaluate us
0: and you know when it comes to you saying all of these things on podcasts you are written about it too you're open on your own social media channels what is the intention there what do you hope happens by you sharing this
1: I just hope it just spreads awareness and then obviously reaches out to those young people like me who are suffering with infertility or the menopause or even both um, because it was something that I suffered in silence with for a long time and then also being a cancer survivor I felt that I couldn't complain about anything. I felt lethargic, I felt achy joints, I felt horrid but I thought well at least I'm alive you know I, I can't complain but what I want to enforce and emphasize to people is that ultimately you're in this body for the rest of your life so it's up to you to make sure you get the treatment that you deserve and is out there and is available to you so there's no point suffering for the rest of your life and dealing with the burden of these horrendous side effects if there's a way to um, alleviate them then you need to be your own advocate and get the help that you need so I think a lot of a lot of young women specifically don't know what their symptoms are and that they are related to the menopause because there's so little information out there. So it's just by sharing my story, they might be able to link some of their symptoms with mine and then kind of inform themselves and realise what sort of treatments might be ben- beneficial for them and give them the confidence to talk to their doctor and get the treatment that they need.
0: And you've kind of touched on it there. I was going to say what we've talked about is something that that sadly happens. If it were to happen to someone tomorrow, what would you want them to know? What would you want them to do?
1: I think first things first is don't feel that you need to suffer in silence. Do talk about it um, specifically to your doctor. And I, the first thing I would say as well, on the NICE guidelines, um, it says that if you are a young woman diagnosed with premature menopause, um, then you can you are entitled to see a menopause specialist, which I think is... The best thing to do. GPs only know so much so I think it's really important to get that expert advice especially as young women are a lot more complex as they require much larger, larger quantities of HRT and might need the involvement of testosterone as well. Um, and then in regards to infertility as a whole um what i'd say to people is just try and embrace it as much as possible which is hard you know you just got to accept it um at the end of the day um it's better than feeling upset about it
0: where are you at right now in all this what are you doing now what's your relationship with your body like
1: Oh, I'm feeling a lot better because um, when I was going through all the menopause stuff, um, it was it wasn't great. And I was doing my A-levels. So it was like a hard time anyways, because I was revising constantly for those. Um, And there was one point because of all the issues I had, I was wondering how was I actually going to sit through my A-level exams? That's how bad it got. I just thought, how am I going to do this? Whereas obviously lockdown sorted out that problem for me. Um, and I went and saw a menopause specialist. I'm now on the hormone replacement therapy that I need and it's been great because I feel like the menopause completely hindered my recovery. Whereas now that I'm on the hormones that I need, I feel a lot better, I've got lots of energy. Um, I just started a job at a nursing home. um, I do three 12 hour shifts a week and I thought, am I gonna be able to handle those shifts? But I can, and that's purely because I've got a lot more energy now because of the hormone replacement therapy. Um, I'm currently on a gap year. I was hoping to go to Australia, but I don't think COVID will permit that. Um, And I'm going to medical school next September.
0: And thinking of where you're at now and compared to where you sort of started this off on, would it have helped back then knowing you're going to get to this point, this is where you'll be in 2020?
1: Yeah, because I felt this time last year, I just felt a bit in despair. I just thought, oh, I've got this whole, you know, luckily I've survived cancer, I've got this whole life left to lead but I was completely overwhelmed by the fact that I was having to cope with these long-term side effects and the burden of them. And in, at that time, I didn't, I felt a bit hopeless. I didn't know how I was going to rectify these horrible side effects and symptoms I was having. Um, But luckily because I empowered myself with knowledge about the menopause, I was able to get the treatment that I needed. So I think it's about just trying to be your own advocate, reading, reading a lot about The menopause and trying to get the treatment that you need
0: and just before we round off you were supposed to come along on your third trust trip this year unfortunately that didn't happen do you have any favorite memories or moments from your times with the trust so far
1: I think my best trip was definitely the first one, because that was the first ever sort of cancer trip I'd been on. I think my best memory was, I think it was the third night we just sat on the yacht. The sun was setting. We were just all talking about our, you know, our own cancer experiences. And that was really nice because it it made me feel a lot less alone and that everyone, uh, all these people around me were having the same experience. And it was very therapeutic for me.
0: Did you take to the sailing as well or was it mostly for the sort of communal aspect?
1: No, the sailing was very fun and it was good because it definitely built my confidence as I felt like quite a weakling and um, I couldn't do things. Uh, But because they get you so involved, um, it really built up my confidence. But then the communal aspect was really good. Um, It was such a unique experience being surrounded by that many cancer patients, not in the hospital, um, and it was really nice. Uh, But one thing I would say before we round this off is... In terms of relationships, because I think a lot of people who are infertile or have the menopause as well worry about future relationships. Um, what I'd say to them is that if it's a deal breaker for them, then just spin them off. <laughs> I would say because um, you know the menopause slash infertility is only a very small part of you, so your significant other should see how amazing you are and see past that and be willing to work with that. I think a lot of girls feel like they have to hide it or they don't feel confident enough to getting into relationships because of the fear of rejection but you can't hold your life back because of that and if they really loved you then they would see past it. Make drop. Yes a little words of wisdom for the end of this. If anyone is going through infertility slash menopause slash whatever, then make sure to uh, DM me on Instagram. It's at team Ellie underscore blog. I'm always happy to chat and give people advice. Um, so drop me a message if you need to.
0: That's it for this week. Thank you so much to Ellie for joining us and to you two for listening in. Again, if you want to keep up with what's going on in Ellie's life, check out her Instagram at team Ellie underscore blog. For more information about fertility and the menopause with cancer, please see the signposting page on our website for links to specialist groups and charities, including the Menopause Doctor by Dr. Newson, who was mentioned by Ellie in our conversation. Thank you for joining us here on Soundwaves. Until next time, take care.